Welcome to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia, the publisher of Seeking Rents. That's a newsletter where we explore the ways big businesses influence public policy in the state of Florida, the ways they write themselves tax breaks, stack oversight boards with lobbyists and industry allies, and as we'll talk more about today, use politicians in Tallahassee to thwart the will of voters in cities and counties across the state. But first, a couple of announcements. Um, If you haven't already, please sign up for the Seeking Rents newsletter at SeekingRentsFL.com. You'll get every story we write and every podcast episode we record sent straight to your inbox. It is uh, the best way to keep up with our work here, um, especially because who knows when Twitter is going to finish what I think we can all agree is history's funniest death spiral. Seeking Rent subscriptions are free, but you can voluntarily choose to pay for one, too, if you can afford it. And so many people have chosen this option already. I am so incredibly grateful for that. The money you spend on a Seeking Rent subscription helps cover costs for things like public records requests, which, believe it or not, can be quite expensive to get fulfilled. Um, And remember, we share the records we get back from any of these public records requests with other legitimate journalists, too. The goal around here is to get as many people as possible thinking and talking about and focusing on corporate accountability in Florida. Second, uh, now that the elections are over, Governor Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature are already gearing up to start passing policy again. For instance, it looks like they're going to race into a special session just a few weeks from now to make more changes to the state's property insurance market which are probably going to include making it harder than ever to sue an insurance company that won't pay claims and forcing customers of the state's citizens' property insurance company to pay much higher prices. Here's the thing about Tallahassee. There are a whole bunch of lawmakers and lobbyists up there who rely on the fact that most voters don't pay attention to what they're doing. So while you're looking the other way, they'll like give a tax break to the billionaire owner of the Miami Dolphins, or they'll kill a bill that's supposed to make health insurance companies cover hearing aids for kids. But then when the election rolls around, they'll show up on your TV screen holding a puppy in their arms and tell you how they voted to protect pets, confident that you won't know what else they did. Don't let them get away with it. Session is coming, so pay attention. Figure out who your state representative is and figure out who your state senator is so you can start tracking how they vote. Start following Florida newspaper reporters who cover the legislature on Twitter. It's a great way to keep up with what's going on session without having to subscribe to papers all over the state. If there are specific issues you really care about, housing, healthcare, wages, pollution, find and follow the interest groups that are up there working on this stuff in the state capitol. The folks going up every day against the state's biggest businesses and their army of lobbyists. If you don't know how to get started with something like this, uh, feel free to email me anytime and I can try and point you in a few directions. My email address will be in the show notes. Uh, So will my Twitter handle um, for however long that tire fire keeps burning. And speaking of elections, the legislature and tire fires, let's turn now to the topic of this week's show, which is all about how politicians and lobbyists in Tallahassee have been colluding to thwart the will of local voters around the state. Obviously, the election was last week, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis won big, as did Republicans in the Florida legislature. But for all the focus on Florida's Republican wave, voters in Orlando delivered another message, too. The rent is too damn high. Voters in Orange County, the county that includes Orlando and is the beating heart of Florida's low-wage tourism industry, 
approved a local referendum calling for rent control in what has become one of the most unaffordable housing markets in the country. I have to tell you, this was a remarkable result. A coalition of corporate landlords, apartment developers, and real estate agents spent almost $2 million advertising against this rent control referendum. And it was an utterly one-sided ad war. I live in Orlando, and at one point, I got seven pieces of mail in like two weeks warning me of all the terrible things that would happen if I were to vote in favor of rent control. I got one, one piece of mail urging me to support it. And yet, rent control didn't just pass, it passed with 59% of the vote. That's an enormous margin, especially when you're outspent like 20 to 1 or whatever it was. Here's a way to think of it. Orange County is a Democratic-leaning county. And the Democrat at the top of the ticket this year was Val Demings, who ran for U.S. Senate. Now, Val Demings represents Orlando in Congress. She used to be the chief of the Orlando Police Department. Her husband is the mayor of Orange County. Val Demings got more votes in Orange County than any other politician on the ballot this year. But she did not get as many votes as rent control. That's how much Orange County voters want this. But they're not going to get it. That's because the Florida legislature has passed a law that makes it nearly impossible for cities and counties to enact local rent control. The advocates who got the Orange County referendum onto the ballot tried to walk like a legal tightrope across that state law. But several judges have already ruled that the ordinance probably will be struck down. And on the miraculous chance that it somehow survives court scrutiny, you can bet the legislature will step in to help the landlords again. Just last week, in fact, the new president of the Florida Senate, who is a real estate attorney from Naples with a net worth of nearly $12 million, told the Miami Herald and the Tampa Bay Times that she opposes rent control. In fact, there have actually been repeated efforts over the last few years to repeal that state law that bars local rent control. But Republican leaders in Tallahassee have refused to allow even a single hearing on these bills appeasing organizations like the Florida Apartment Association, which is a front group for giant apartment companies like Camden Property Trust and Mid-America Apartment Communities. The bottom line here is that politicians and lobbyists in Tallahassee have teamed up to thwart the will of voters. And it's not the first time. Ten years ago, once again in Orange County, a coalition of worker and public health advocates got a referendum onto the local ballot that would have required businesses in Orange County to provide their workers with earned sick time. This was a very modest proposal. Businesses with more than 15 employees would have had to let their workers accrue one hour of paid sick time for every 40 hours they worked. Smaller businesses would have had to provide sick time too, but it could have been unpaid. But before the referendum could happen, lobbyists for some of the biggest low-wage employers in Orlando Disney World, Universal Studios, and Darden, the corporation that owns Olive Garden and Longhorn restaurants, raced to Tallahassee to get state politicians to intervene. These lobbyists persuaded then-Governor Rick Scott and the legislature to pass a law that forbids cities and counties from making businesses provide sick time to their workers, or any other kind of benefit either, from health insurance to retirement plans. What made this uh, especially gross is that Disney, Darden, and the rest didn't even try to debate this issue on the merits or in public. Reporters at the Orlando Sentinel discovered dozens of text messages between corporate lobbyists and their elected official allies in which they laid out their entire strategy. 
delay the Orange County referendum until Tallahassee could deliver what one operative secretly called the quote-unquote kill shot. Orange County voters ended up approving the sick time referendum by an even bigger margin than rent control. 64% of voters supported it. But it didn't matter. Politicians in Tallahassee, the same people who take millions of dollars each election cycle in campaign contributions from companies like Disney, Darden, and Universal, had already fired that kill shot. And believe it or not, this all happened yet again in Orange County just two years ago. This time, a group of environmentalists pushed for a referendum on whether Orange County should adopt a local rights of nature law. Rights of nature laws are a way to add teeth to environmental protection rules that uh, some companies will routinely flout or that some government agencies refuse to enforce. Say, for instance, a developer is about to destroy some wetlands that filter the water in a nearby lake and a government agency is going to let it happen. A rights of nature law allows a person, like a neighbor maybe, or an environmental activist, to sue on behalf of that lake to stop it. As you can probably guess, real estate developers and industrial polluters like phosphate miners and sugar producers are terrified of the idea of granting legal rights to plants, animals, or bodies of water. So just like Disney and Darden did with sick time, they ran to Tallahassee for help and got Governor Ron DeSantis in the legislature to pass a law that prevents cities and counties from enacting rights of nature laws. Orange County's rights of nature referendum ended up passing with 89% of the vote. That is absurdly popular. It means the vast majority of Republicans, Democrats, and independents in Orange County all supported it. Apple pie could not get 89% of the vote. But once again, politicians in Tallahassee and the state's big business lobby colluded to cut it off at the knees. But the most anti-democratic example of this occurred just last year. It arose out of Key West, where voters in 2020 approved three referendums that were designed to stop monstrously big, environmentally destructive cruise ships from docking in the small island city. The three measures uh, limited the size of the cruise ships that could call on Key West, capped the number of passengers they could drop off, and gave docking priority to the cruise lines with the strongest environmental records. Just like the referendums on sick time, rights of nature, and rent control, these were enormously popular. Each referendum passed with at least 60% of the vote. One of them got 80%. But unlike the others, these cruise ship restrictions actually went into effect. You can probably guess what happened next, though. Lobbyists for cruise lines, harbor pilots, and a pier operator went to work in Tallahassee, where they got Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature to pass a law overturning the Key West elections. This was a watershed moment, because this wasn't just big business rushing to the state capitol to cut local voters off at the pass. This was silencing those voters after they had already spoken. And it all happened after a business owner who runs a Key West cruise pier gave Ron DeSantis nearly $1 million. The Carnival Dream, by the way, which weighs about 130,000 tons and carries about 4,500 passengers, will be docking in Key West next week. This is still happening, too. Earlier this year, the Florida legislature passed a state law that prevents cities or counties from using ranked choice voting in local elections. That overturned a referendum passed by voters in Sarasota. And in Titusville, which is a small coastal city next to the Kennedy Space Center, 82% of voters just approved another local rights of nature ordinance. But that's obviously already dead on arrival. 
So that's at least six times in just the past 10 years that state politicians in Tallahassee have sabotaged local voters. Now, these state laws that strip powers away from local governments are known as preemptions because Tallahassee is preemptively stopping a city or a county from doing something. And these preemptions overturning referendums are really just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, over the past 10 years, Florida's Republican-controlled legislature, working first with Rick Scott and now with Ron DeSantis, has passed more than 40 preemptions that take away or at least sharply restrict the power of local governments to do everything from set rules around when someone can cut down an old oak tree or how big McDonald's can make its roadside restaurant signs. And if you pull back the curtain on these preemptions, there is very often one big business or industry standing behind it. Last year, for example, DeSantis and the legislature forced cities and counties to let power companies build solar power plants on any land zone for farming. This legislation was filed one week after Florida Power and Light sued Walton County because commissioners in that small panhandle community had denied FPL's plans for a solar farm on, on agricultural land. In fact, one of the people who testified in favor of the bill was a landowner under contract to sell his land to FPL. Uber lobbied for a law stopping local governments from regulating ride-sharing platforms. The American Gas Association lobbied for a law forcing cities and counties to allow natural gas hookups in all new home construction. ADT lobbied for a law capping permit fees for alarm installations. In 2017, lobbyists for telecom giant AT&T helped write a law that stripped local governments of the power to control the location of new 5G poles. And since then, there have been a ton of complaints from home and business owners around the state angered by 5G poles suddenly popping up right outside their windows or in other obtrusive spots. Don't blame your city council, though. That was the Florida legislature's fault. These preemptions are rarely about partisanship. They're usually just about money. A few years ago, for instance, the city of St. Petersburg passed a local law designed to get dark money out of city elections called the, quote, Defend Our Democracy Ordinance. It essentially prohibited super PACs and political committees from spending money on local races. It also imposed new limits on corporate contributions, too. There are not many issues that draw more bipartisan support from voters than campaign finance reform. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, I bet you agree that there is too much money in politics right now and that we should all know who is spending it. About the only people who oppose campaign finance reform are big donors and the politicians who want to take their money. Naturally, the Florida legislature couldn't allow this local law to stand. Last year, it passed a bill dissolving St. Petersburg's Defend Our Democracy ordinance and forbidding any cities or counties from ever attempting their own campaign finance reforms. Ron DeSantis signed it into law. Among the bill's supporters, the Florida Chamber of Commerce, an organization funded primarily by half a dozen of the state's biggest campaign contributors. Get ready for more of this, too, especially following a landslide election in Florida that allows Ron DeSantis and Republican leaders in the legislature to claim a mandate from voters. Here's one likely target. A bunch of cities and counties around the state have been adopting ordinances that require landlords to give their tenants more notice if they plan to raise the rent by more than 5% or start eviction proceedings. 
There are already rumblings that DeSantis and the legislature will try to override those laws during the 2023 legislative session, which begins in March. But there will be plenty of other preemptions, too. For example, we talked about this one on our last episode, but one of the country's biggest electrical contracting firms has been lobbying for a state law that would undo local laws requiring contractors to pay their workers just a little bit more than the minimum wage. In other words, it's lobbying the state for a law to let it pay its own workers less money. And the legislature, at least, has made it clear that it wants to go even further than it already has. Last year, urged on by big business lobbying groups like the Florida Chamber, Associated Industries of Florida, and the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, the legislature seriously considered two different bills that would have given companies much more ammunition to sue cities and counties over regulations they don't like. Lawmakers sent one of those bills to DeSantis, who decided to veto it in an election year. But it's a good bet that lawmakers will, at a minimum, try sending DeSantis the other bill this time around. And this is a dangerous path we're on, because the inevitable endgame here is that state leaders, egged on in all likelihood by some big donor, will eventually just abolish a city altogether. That's not some chicken little warning either. Just last year, after Florida lawmakers took a little bit of criticism from people living in Key West who were angry at them for undoing those cruise ship referendums, someone in Tallahassee had a bill drafted to eliminate the city government in Key West and transfer all its powers to the county government down there. That bill was never filed, but the threat was clear. It still is. Okay, that's it for this week. Once again, please sign up for our newsletter at SeekingRentsFL.com and follow the show if you can on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you've got any questions, comments, or other feedback, or if you want to suggest topics for a future story or show, email me anytime. And seriously, let's all make a commitment to start learning how Tallahassee works. Like I said, session is coming. And we, as voters, really do have some collective power to shape that process but we have to pay attention. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon.